You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the opening, the opening drive. Well, I can say that Chase Claypool isn't worth the effort, and I think a lot of people will nod their heads in agreement. At the same time, I realize the symbolic value of his presence and his absence and all that he represents. He is somebody that Ryan Poles gave up a de facto first-round draft pick for. He is somebody that has been somewhat defiant in terms of being a player to coach and does kind of represents everything that the Matt Eberflus hits principle is supposed to stand for. So I get it. But Dan, at Monday's day after press conference, Matt Eberflus was asked probably between 10 and 15 questions. You were part of the, 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 the questioning uh, brigade. Your, brigade <laughs> is a great word. Um, I'll let you take it from there because it was another um, – Another low point, I think, for the Bears in, in the way that this was handled, in the way that they were in a, unable to handle and manage the perception. Well, in the words of Mark Tressman, we're going to play some of it. We're not going to play all of it, but we're going to play some of it here in a minute. And we'll play some of that. And from what we've played, we won't hear all of it, but we'll hear some of it. I think, David, what frustrates me is that we spent 14 questions in the postgame press conference on Sunday evening just trying to get a little bit more clarity and understanding of what the, the situation going forward was going to be with Chase Claypool. And then we had to spend, I haven't even counted it up here yet on Monday afternoon, so much more time and so much more fuel and so many more questions just trying to get an understanding of of where this receiver is, where he stands, what's going to happen going forward. And, and Matt has just seemed uncomfortable in the role of explaining it. He clearly was part of the decision-making process to, again, suspend. I don't know if that's the right word. It doesn't seem like it is. Banish, definitely the right word. He's not going to be with the team in week five. If you're reading <laughs> the room, you understand that Chase Claypool is probably not going to be with the team again, that the Bears will probably either seek to find a trade partner, somebody that's willing to give them a 2026 eighth round pick. I know that doesn't exist or they waive them and they just cut their losses and say this just didn't work out. But the bottom line is, is you have to own this decision in a way that gives the outside world some comfort and clarity on what you're doing. And I don't think that has existed yet. 
and it, it's unfortunate. You know, I was on WSCR uh, on Monday afternoon with with uh, Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes, and Layla Rahimi, and we were just talking about how we still haven't finished cleaning up the Allen Williams mess. And now we've got the Chase Claypool mess. And here we are a day after the starting quarterback has a breakthrough and has a career game and throws for 335 yards and four touchdown passes. And the only top of conversation in town is what the heck is going on with the, the diva receiver and the coaching staff and the front office that can't seem to get their messaging straight. I don't know. It's crazy. Clean up in aisle 10 and the questioning just on Chase Claypool on Monday lasted just around eight minutes. So it tells you how much time that dominated. Let's listen to a portion of the question and answer session at Buckle in. Hall. <laughs> Buckle in. Buckle up Monday afternoon at Hallis Hall. Chase Claypool being grilled. Or I'm sorry, Matt Aberflux being grilled about Chase Claypool by the Bears media. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. To keep Chase Claypool away from the team until you trade or waive him? Yeah, uh, right now we're just having him stay, uh, you know, not be in the building this week. And then again, Ryan does all the trades and transactions, and we'll decide that as we go forward. Why keep, so why keep him away? Why back? keep him away from the team right now? What is the rationale behind that? Yeah, we just feel that's the best for the team. We well, just why? Yeah, it's just like we said, you know, for in the building, we feel that's best for the team. And really, it comes down to this, you know, when you're evaluating players, right, you know, in meetings, you know, in practice, right, and, you know, in, you know, in walkthroughs, all those things, it's important that you evaluate the entire body of work, right? And we just, just feel that right now, Chase is going to be out of the building's best for our football team. There's almost no scenario where a team would do this unless that player was done with that team. Is that the case with Chase, that he's not going to play for the Bears again? Well, he's, he's uh, like not going to be in the building this week, so he's not playing this week. You know, so that we'll see where it goes from there. And again, like I said, uh, Ryan handles all those all those trades and transactions, and we'll see where it goes. Would you think there's some possibility that then he would, you would have him out of the building? You would tell him not to come to a game. You'd have him out of the building, not to go to another game, and he would somehow be on the team again at some point and play. All I'm saying right now is that it's, he's uh, not in the building this week. Now, what transpired this weekend when you informed him he was going to be an actor? Um, meaning what? What transpired? Something obviously flared up to the point where he was separated from the team for the remainder of the weekend. Yeah, I would just say that we wanted to, uh, we thought it was best for the team. You know, you know, in terms of transpired, what transpired is that we informed him he was, he was inactive and he was not going to be uh, with the team at the game at that point. And then we informed him this morning that he was not going to be here this week. What was his response when you told him he was going to be inactive? And was that here at House Hall? Um, it, was, it was over the phone. Um, on, in both instances, and uh, his reaction was, you know, we'll keep it there. I don't. It's between me and him. It's obviously a part of this. Obviously, it seems to be triggering your decision to separate him from the team. Why not provide more clarity on on what his reaction was to explain why there's this sudden divorce and separation? Because it's a it's a conversation between uh, us, me, him, and Ryan. So, you, should, you should be able to give the factors for why you made the decision, though. Why did it get to this point with Chase? Yeah, I would just say that, you know, 
what we think is best for the team and how we operate here as a football team, you know, with the Chicago Bears, you know, when I came here day one, right, I talked about, you know, being on time, you know, being respectful and working hard. And that, that to me is important um, for every individual, if it's a staff member, a player, or, you know, or a coach. And uh, that's where we are. And we feel right now this is the best decision for us. Well, that's 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 that answer indicates those are the issues, things, Chase. Those are the issues, then? The ones you just listed? I'm just saying that's, that's if, if we have a standard for that. We have standards for that. And if those standards are met, then everything's good. If it's not, then, then it's not. Hmm. <laughs> well, I, I great think, reaction, David. I, I think when we talk about uh, during like coaching searches and and executive searches, and and I've always been one of those guys that probably you, you can never discount the 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 young upcoming you know coaches and execs that are just obviously going to succeed. But there's value in experience. And on days like today, it's worth remembering the value of experience. Matt Eberflus clearly has not dealt with a crisis like this. And this isn't even as major one as he dealt with previously this year. But this first month of the season has exposed the inexperience of the Bears head coach to handle crises. And I think that's only part of it, Dan. I think that there's more to it, but but that's a good place to start. I mean, you stumbled through your answers on Sunday night. You made a decision on Monday to tell Chase Claypool to not come with you to meetings or walkthroughs or practices or a game in Washington later this week. You had hours before you met with the media on Monday to figure out what you were going to say and how you were going to say it. To come across in that forum that clumsily and that awkward and that you know, seemingly directionless with your messaging was it, was it was just jarring. It's just jarring for, again, a charter franchise in the National Football League in a billion dollar industry to be stumbling all over themselves the way they are. I said to somebody on the walk in to 1920 football drive this morning, David, that I feel like Kevin Warren in the role of team president is like Carl Winslow in, in family matters. It's like it, Things just keep going haywire around him. And Urkel's over on the side of the room going, did I do that? And you're like, how did that become a calamity? That was a basic task. And now you're dealing with this chaos and this craziness. And, and it doesn't help the perception that you've got things under control when you're 0-4. You've lost 14 in a row. Your football team's coming off a historic come-from-behind loss. you know, and, and you can't get a single thing to provide – uh, a sense of of command, you know, and maybe they they have that behind closed doors with the team, but boy, it did not come across today in that session. All right, a couple things. S- seldom has so much media coverage been devoted to someone who has accomplished so little in Chase Claypool, but I understand why. I think the longer that Matt Eberflew spoke on Monday, and as you point out, the day after he kind of clumsily fumbled through the post-game situation and, and, and had bad information that he shared with the media. Uh, I, I don't think that he did any favors the day after, just kind of exposed his inexperience. And to a lot of people made him seem a little bit overwhelmed and overmatched for the scope of this job. And, and the last thing is that if, if you are Kevin Warren and we're giving him the benefit of the doubt here, and, and I think that he'll deserve and get that for a while. But at some point in time, as we reach the second month of this regular season, and the Bears have 
been immersed in nothing but crises and and been nothing but a, a clumsy franchise that, frankly, to a lot of us have been around for a while, seems like more of the same. It, we're going to make the assumption that he's part of the problem and not the solution like we thought when he came here. Now, that is hasty, and I don't necessarily want to stick to that, but I do want to know what he thinks about this, and I would love to hear how he plans to address it. And whether it's his own news conference, whether it's an action that he takes, but right now we have a defensive coordinator that has resigned under very mysterious circumstances. You have a troubled player that has been suspended, (laughs) banished, exiled, uh, without any sort of details or clarity why. And we have a football team that stinks out loud. So you can't have bad culture and a bad on-the-field product without hearing at some point in time from the person who is chiefly responsible for the entire organization. And Kevin Warren's name is at the top of the hierarchy. What does he think and what is he going to do about it? You just said those two things. I think that's very, very important to uh, have on our radar for the for the weeks, the months ahead, because at some point you have to have a better understanding of, of, of those answers and figuring out which direction it goes from here. I thought two years ago, during the week of Thanksgiving with the whole patch.com situation that I had seen it all, that I had watched the mishandling of situations in a way that was just unfathomable. took calls from all over the league that week asking like, what in the world is going on and why can't they get it to stop? Well, guess what? The calls are still coming now under completely different circumstances, under completely different leadership. And you have to figure out a way to stop embarrassing yourself. As a, as a, as a, a franchise in the National Football League, you've become an embarrassment with your on-field product and your off-field handling of difficult situations. You are an embarrassment right now. Somebody has to put a stop to that. The team president was hired nine months ago, had his first official day on the job six months ago. You have to have um, some signs going forward. To your point, it doesn't have to necessarily be a uh, you know a session with the media, Q&A, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But at some point, there needs to be a, a sense that he has acknowledged the issues, that he's addressing the issues, and that there are changes being made for meaningful impact. He's been here long enough to recognize that. I think he's been long enough to be able to acknowledge that and long enough to be able to do something about that or begin that process because I believe, as you point out, the embarrassment that the Bears have, uh, the self-inflicted embarrassment, just the embarrassment they've experienced in the first month of this season alone has replaced the stadium project as the number one priority on the list of things to do for the team president. Because I do think that you, you know, you have you have things that come up in the course of your day, in the course of your week or year that replace and your priorities get shifted temporarily. Right now, I would think that Kevin Warren's to-do list looks dramatically different than it did a month ago. Literally and figuratively, they hired him to be a builder, correct? And right now, he has had to put on a fire hat and get a truck and drive out with with the most high-powered hose he has to be able to put out fires seemingly every single week. There's a new one in the building now. And this is, again, coming off a 21-point lead that was blown yesterday that turned into a loss. And then you have this whole separate situation that seems like it could have been really quickly 
and concisely handled in a way where it didn't bleed over into, oh, by the way, a short week of preparation heading to a road game in Washington against the Commanders. We talked two weeks ago about the last thing the Bears could afford when they were preparing to try to be at least marginally competitive against the Kansas City Chiefs was a week of distractions. And then they provided the, the biggest distractions you could possibly provide. Well, now here we are in a short week. Please don't do anything to take away from our, our, our brain power and our time and the investments we need to make to try to win a football game for the first time since last October. And we start the week with this. I mean, if they're going to have distractions, could they could at least invite Taylor Swift? I mean, come on. At least have <laughs> or Aaron Rodgers. Let's, let's have Aaron. Yeah, or Aaron Rodgers. That's Thursday. fine. <laughs> you know, Kevin Warren, if you wanted to take a cue from somebody in the organization about how to say the right things and handle himself in a composed manner, he could have watched and listened as Colt Komet addressed reporters shortly after Matt Eberflus did. And before we get to that, Dan, what did you want to say? About yeah, just going to set, set up this, this sound uh, bite from Cole because Cole obviously is, is a, a former teammate of Chase's from Notre Dame's. He's a, a close friend of Chase Claypool's. He understands all sides of this. Look, he like he's, he's very close to Chase and he's going to be sympathetic to Chase, but he also understands the emotional volatility that has been there during his entire stretch of knowing Chase Claypool. So he's a very informed person to be able to answer these questions. And I believe it was Alex Shapiro of uh, NBC Sports who asked the question about whether there were things at Notre Dame that, that the Fighting Irish staff did to try to keep this oversized personality and this temperamental nature from becoming a problem. And that, that was the start of this exchange with Cole Komet. Notre Dame, was there anything special or different that coaches or teammates did to help Chase channel or express his emotions and passion in a positive way? Um, no, I mean, I don't know if I can really speak anything special. Um, look, I think at the end of the day, um, things are like when you're we're, we're winning a lot, you know, so things are all right when you're winning. Um, and it's frustrating when you're losing. So that, that that's kind of what I'll leave it to on that. I mean, um, when you're winning, everything's fine and all things are good. And, um, you gotta, it, it, things get much harder when, when, when you got things in the line and, um, and, and you're losing consecutive games. Oh, from your, from your vantage point, you know, Chase very well, obviously, why have things devolved the way they have with, with him in this organization? I, I, I go back to the losings, you know, I think losing, uh, can, it can be hard for guys to deal with. And, um, it's been hard for me to manage, but you got to find ways to, um, get back to work, clear your mind every day. You know, it's hard. Um, look, haven't won it. I mean, I, I haven't won a game in almost a year now. And, um, trust me, I take it home with me and it hurts, man. It hurts. And, uh, it's hard to deal with it, but you gotta, we, we all gotta be adults about it and be able to move on and, um, you know, be able to trust the process set. And, uh, it can be hard to do sometimes when things aren't going your way and, um, you know, maybe you're not getting the targets you want and you're not winning and all those things kind of add up and you get frustrated and, um, but you, you have to be a, a man about it, be an adult about it and be able to, to reset your mind each and every week and, and, and just look to improve yourself individually each and every day. Good stuff. I mean, Colt Komet said what you want to hear from a veteran. And I think that if, the head coach of, of any football team would have just come out and established plainly what the standard is. And if players who don't meet it aren't going to be part of the, 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 the crew, then I think people would have, we wouldn't be in this situation and, and calling the bears clumsy and having this sort of uh, cloudy message. Be a man about it. Be an adult about it. Those were very straightforward words from a friend.
right? It's not that difficult. If you're going to have a standard, stick to the standard. Let everybody know what that is and, and, and what the consequences are. The Bears have done so indirectly. They did a poor job on Monday of showing the outside world how they were directly addressing something, you know, and so we'll, we'll see where this all goes from here. I think the expectation now um, almost universally is that Chase Claypool will will never wear a Bears jersey again on a game day. It would stun everybody uh, if he did. And so what wh- what is the, you know, the separation look like now? And, wh- and where does it go in the coming days? Uh, again, it's, it's just so unfortunate because, like I say, your, your starting quarterback had a day where he threw for 335 yards and, and four touchdowns. And, yes, there were two fourth-quarter turnovers that we'll get into and we got into on Sunday. Um but there should be moments here where you're saying, okay, there was a glimmer of sunshine that broke through that cloud. And yet here we are over just examining the wreckage of, of the latest part of the storm. 